What is going on, everybody? We're back. Another episode of the Booker Training Midi Podcast. Yes, I know it's been a while since I've done one, but we're back, and we're going to talk for a little bit today. But it's crazy. There's only a week and a half left in the basketball regular season here at John Carroll, and then starts tournament time. But to think that freshman year basketball season is already almost over is pretty crazy. But then again, if you play basketball and you think back to October or November when you started practice, it's been a long time. But just enjoy the last couple weeks left uh, because it's going to go by pretty fast. But thinking after basketball, no, I do not want basketball to be over, but I'm pretty excited to get into a gym routine and stuff like that to get after it and uh, reach some goals that I've been wanting to for a while because with basketball, it kind of holds a little things, can't go as heavy as I want and stuff like that. But I've made some New Year's resolutions, as I hope you did too, and I got some fun plans ahead, lots of YouTube video, more content and uh, stuff like that. But let me know if there's anything you want to see. I'm really excited to get back into YouTube, do some more podcasts, get some more guests on the show in the dorm room, and uh, have some fun. But if you don't follow Booker Training on Instagram and haven't heard of the newsletter, I think you should sign up. Go to bookertraining.co and just Plug in your email at the bottom. But I wrote a good one the other day about caffeine, and you might know a lot about caffeine, but I kind of did a summary on it and the benefits and the side effects and some interesting facts, but we'll do a little rerun. And you probably already know that a typical cup of coffee includes about 75 milligrams of caffeine as I'm sipping on a double shot of espresso right now on a Friday after my one class. And um, caffeine, yes, is the principal active ingredient of coffee. But something that I found really shocking and interesting was that, according to the European Food Safety Authority, no, I'm not sure uh, who that is either, but they say taking in 400 milligrams of caffeine, caffeine per day can actually be enjoyed as a part of a healthy, balanced diet. Now, what does that look like? All right, let's take a look. So like we just said, 75 to 100 milligrams of caffeine for one cup of coffee. So you could have about four to five cups of coffee for a healthy, balanced diet, an active lifestyle. And looking at some other sources, find interesting. A shot of espresso contains about 65 milligrams. So right now I'm sipping on about 130 milligrams of caffeine. A can of cola, if you drink cola, Coke, Pepsi, says 25 to 40. Um, But another thing I find interesting is that decaffeinated coffee actually contains 3 milligrams of caffeine. So if you think you're not getting any caffeine when you're drinking your decaf, uh, that's not true. A couple other interesting ones, hot cocoa, 4 milligrams. Um, Energy drinks, about 80 milligrams. Milk chocolate bar, six, and then dark chocolate goes all the way up to 60 milligrams. So there's a big difference in dark chocolate versus 
milk chocolate. But there are actually about 60 plant species that actually include and have caffeine in them, which I had no idea, but that's pretty interesting. When looking at the gen genetic side, some people think that caffeine doesn't affect them as much or they built up a tolerance, stuff like that. But genetics does, in fact, play a role in how caffeine affects a person. Um, full absorption usually takes about 45 minutes after consumption, which is pretty interesting. But based on, obviously based on your metabolism, it can, the effects can last up to four hours, which I thought is also pretty interesting. And then liver absorption is responsible for about 90% of caffeine metabolism. Moving on, I don't need to get into the effects on the high intake. You probably know what a crash feels like, also known as a rebound fatigue, and then you need to take a nap. But I'm a person that takes pre-workout, and I'm not fully against pre-workout, depending on the kind you get. But a lot of people always talk about it as really negative because of all the caffeine that it has in it and some of the other additives, chemicals, and flavorings. But my opinion on it, which I've discussed in different podcasts, is that if it helps you get a killer workout in, which is drastically different than one that you would have without pre-workout, I'm for it. Just don't use it in an extensive amount. But talking about the caffeine side of things, pre-workout contains an absurd amount of caffeine. The one I take contains about 250 milligrams, but on average, it's 150 to 300 per scoop of pre-workout, all right, which is crazy. A cup of coffee contains about 75 to 100, so that's almost two and a half times the amount, but it contains a different kind of caffeine, known as caffeine anhydrous, which all that means is that it's without water, it's a little more concentrated, and it's basically a dehydrated, dehydrated form of caffeine. But it still occurs naturally, and the processes are just different. So it's not some lab-made-up caffeine that's terrible for you. It's still natural, just the process in which it is dehydrated. It's different. A little bit of positives. Obviously, pre-workouts can improve athletic performance. Um, it provides a more standard dose because you know exactly how much you're taking. That's not a huge positive. Um, but at negatives, yes, it can be very potent, and taking 250 milligrams of caffeine in one scoop is a lot and will indeed cause you to crash a couple hours later, so make sure you get your workout in earlier. But if you're just starting out and you have one that has a high dosage of caffeine in one scoop, please do not take the whole scoop because you will feel the beta alanine and you will get all jittery. And uh, you might like it or you might not, but that's kind of up for you to decide. So if you haven't signed up for the newsletter, put your email in. Weekly newsletters coming out, different topics. Obviously, let me know if you want to hear something. But like I said, I set some New Year's resolutions. I want to get more after the content side of things, more YouTube videos, more podcasts. But as I was talking a little bit about my resolutions, I want you to look at yours kind of right now or after the podcast and think of are the resolutions or goals that you made, are they small or are they big goals? Because if you set big goals in the way that they're written, 
they're really hard to accomplish versus, versus smaller, smaller goals that are easier to accomplish and check off and kind of keep yourself accountable along the way. So if you say, I want to exercise more or want to gain muscle, you're already going to set yourself up for failure. So, like, what are you going to do to accomplish those goals? So I want to paint up a little picture right here for you. If you say you want to become stronger, go to the gym and lose fat, you're probably like most of Americans who want to do the same. And you're also probably like most Americans who will drop your resolution after about a month. And you might have already dropped it by now. But if you switch the script on yourself and you're not afraid to make your resolution list long to work those, those all specific goals and you make it more detailed specific, a list that's a lot harder to walk away from looks like this. Make it to the gym three to five times a week. Hit your macros four to six days a week. Maybe go on a run twice a week. Maybe work out with a buddy once a week. If you make goals like that, they're a lot harder to walk away from because you're going to hold yourself accountable. You might throw it on your calendar and make yourself check it off for the week. Relating to resolutions, there's a lot of common fitness mistakes that are brought up when it comes to resolutions and stuff like that. So, if you signed up for maybe a plan, if you maybe signed up for a program or you wrote one yourself, and you're already about a month in, I would say, but you're not seeing the results that you want, it's okay. Just calm down because it's only been a month. You can't expect to lose 10 pounds. You can't expect to gain muscle in just one month. And there's a lot of mistakes that are common when it comes to just getting started with a program. And first of all, it's a lack of intensity. There's two things that can happen when you're not reaching your goals that you want to see. One, you have a lack of intensity. Or two, you're not being patient enough. Results take time, and that's really important to understand. Number two, you probably heard this one many times, but don't, please don't skip legs. If you are just doing upper body workouts the whole week, you're already setting yourself up for failure again because what lower body exercises do is they also help to tone the body build muscle, and one that I love is strengthen your core. They really do that, and a lot of people who skip legs don't realize it, or they may never will. Another one, they don't have a plan. If you're just going to the gym and just doing exercises that you make up or one that you choose to do after you just completed another workout, you're setting yourself up for failure. What are you reaching towards? You're just, you're just making up workouts. And another thing that happens when it comes to that, it's if you don't have a plan, you can talk yourself out of hitting another exercise or another body group anytime. You could be out of the gym in 20 minutes because you talked yourself out of it because you need to go do your laundry. You make silly excuses like that to pull yourself out if you don't have a plan. Another one, no warm-up. Make sure you warm up. It could be a working set. Just make sure you warm up as a part of your workout or else you will increase um, injury. Next, routine hopping. I like to always say that when it comes to exercise and finding one that you enjoy or a program that you enjoy, to try a lot of different things out. Maybe do biking, maybe lift weights, maybe go run, 
stuff like that, different classes. But when you're hopping too much and you're not giving yourself enough time to see results, that can be a problem because after a couple routine that you hop by, eventually you're just going to quit on yourself and wait till next year. Don't do that. And lastly, bad form. YouTube is a great place to go see if your form is on point. You can send me a video, record yourself, watch yourself, because you really don't know what your form would look like unless you're in front of a mirror doing a squat or you have someone watching over you. And it's extremely important. And lastly, a little bit on how to get back on track. A lot of people, like I said, after the resolutions, don't get enough time to see results. Routine happened too much, and then they quit on the resolutions or their goals. If you are in a place like that and you need to get back on track, create a schedule. Like I said, a schedule, if you need to check things off, it makes it a lot more easier to get things done because you know you have to do them, and you might feel bad if you don't get them done. Get more sleep, drink more water, obviously. But another thing is get some support. Get some people behind you. Go to the gym with some buddies. Get organized as well with your calendar. Hold yourself accountable. And if you need to get back on track after maybe a bad weekend, all you have to do is just eat a healthy meal and tell yourself that is how you're going to get back on track. That's kind of all I had today. Try to keep it short like I always do. And um, we'll see you in the next episode. Peace.